Welcome to Converge Coffee with Sean Sullivan. I'm here with Evan Knox. He is the founder and CMO of Caffeine Marketing. He started Caffeine Marketing because he cared about business owners like his mom, or sorry, like his dad and his grandfather as an experienced marker and story brand certified guide. Um, his team makes marketing easier by doing the heavy lifting for you. They believe that your marketing should deliver results. They understand it feels like it can be frustrating by marketing when it doesn't work. That's why um, they've helped over 100 leaders uh, create marketing uh, that grows their company. Um, if you're working with this team, uh, you can have the confidence in your business and win in the marketplace. Uh, Evan, thanks for being on the show. How are you today? Sean, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. So, um, not so not your mom, your dad, and your uh, <laughs> your grandfather. Um, yeah, I, I thought that was an interesting take when you kind of sent the bio over, and I'm like, you know what? Let's let's dive deeper into why you started caffeine marketing, and I think one kind of the major reason is you know in marketing, you know, what are businesses missing, even especially during around this time with, mm -hmm. with Corona and all this kind of stuff too. But even before mm -hmm. then, how has it impacted even more so around this time? Yeah, well, it's funny. My mom is a contractor. So I guess she's a, she's not a small business owner, but she's a freelancer, I guess. So anyway, I was thinking how I can make that work. Um, so yeah, my start in marketing started with my grandfather. So I was probably 12, 13 years old. My grandfather owned a jewelry store here in the Atlanta area. So diamond rings, you know, dot engagement rings, all that stuff. And my dad actually was in the B to B space in the jewelry industry. So he was sold diamond wholesale. So my grandfather worked on the resale side of the jewelry industry. And my dad worked on the B to B side. And I grew up just going to work with him on the weekends. And so I remember my grandfather teaching me about marketing when I was younger. And we were creating an ad for the Atlanta Symphony. And he would tell me what needs to be on there, what mistakes people make. And I just thought that was really interesting. It felt really strategic. And I liked that. And then fast forward to about three and a half years ago, my dad had passed away. Uh, my grandfather was close to retirement. And I thought, you know what, I can't. And I had just been working at a nonprofit doing marketing there. I thought, you know, what? I really can't help my dad anymore, obviously. And my grandfather's kind of at the end of his career here. But I can help other small business owners and entrepreneurs. And so that's ultimately why I started Caffeine Marketing. I like that. I mean, in, in your in personal ties, I think that's important. Kind of you learn young, learn early, I guess, in your life. Um, and so, you know, I think my next question is kind of you know going around that, and um, appreciate you sharing about you know your personal background too, uh, tied to marketing and your passion for it. I can it really speaks to your website too. Um, what is your approach in helping businesses with their marketing? So we have a three-step process that we use for the, it's not necessarily a pitch, but when we bring people in, we have that first initial meeting. And during that intake, um, we go through the details of their company, everything from top line revenue to average customer lifetime value. We go through all the numbers because we at Caffeine, we only want to work with clients that we know our marketing is going to be profitable for. So there's a there's several times throughout the year we end up we won't end up working with somebody because that just doesn't look like the math's going to work out. So we're not the best fit for them. So we have that first initial call. We run through the numbers because I have a general idea of what a cost per acquisition for a new customer is going to cost for them. And so once we figure that out, then we'll give them three options based off how aggressive they want to be in scaling their company. So, you know, the very basic option might be like a done with you service 
the next option is going to be a done for you service of either it might be it all depends on the client because ultimately each one is unique because we're designing a unique strategy for them for marketing to be profitable but it could be like a Facebook ads or a new website or something like that. And then lastly, is like a more built out entire marketing funnel done for them, depending on how aggressive they want to be. And then lastly, my team will implement it. And under some cases, we'll, if a client is a little bit uh, earlier on in their business, then we'll offer some done with you services. Interesting. So how do you differentiate? And I'm going to go off uh, on a little tangent here with another question is how do you differentiate um, between the strategy and getting stuff done um, for for the client, because obviously, you know, early stage clients, I mean, hypothetically, aggregately, you think that they would need more strategy going into stuff, but maybe they already know the marketplace and they just need to get stuff done. So how do you assess that? Truth be told, most are so close to their own companies, it's hard for them to see their actual marketing thing, you know, they're, they're in the forest, so they can't necessarily see through the forest or what's on the other side of the forest. So 95% of the time we start with that strategy, even if it's a, a rough outline of it, because we're walking through what are all the things that they currently have in place for brand awareness. So how are people, you know, finding out who their company is, uh, like how does that naturally happen? And then what are ways that we possibly want to add on to that? And then secondarily, what are the things that we can do in order to move people from consideration to conversion, which is very simply the people who are aware of their company or brand, but are not quite ready to work with them yet for whatever reason. So how can we stay top of mind? How can we educate them? How can we show that their product or service is the one that they should be buying in the marketplace? So most of the time we start with that strategy. And as far as, you know, how does that different from us actually executing the work, it depends. You know, generally we do actually execute the work for our clients. There's small companies that are doing less than 25 million, but there's solo entrepreneurs who need that because that's going to be the thing that's going to get them to the level where they can afford our services later and scale. So that's the times that we'll just outline the strategy. And I offer a masterclass for small business owners to essentially coach them through how to create a one-liner, how to create a sales letter, um, what is a marketing funnel, what they, should, what they should be doing, what they shouldn't spend their money on, stuff like that. Interesting. So going back to your, um, your, your profile that we just and talking about um, story brand um, and stories are extremely important. I mean, you, you mentioned your story of why, how you started caffeine um, and why you, and why you're passionate about helping companies. So um why is your brand story so important when with connecting with potential customers? And then on the follow-up with that is in the masterclass, when you're talking about the one-liners and everything too, um, how do you help businesses that are so entrenched in the forest and the weeds with their own business? How do you get them to kind of see over the canopy of how people are really viewing them? I'll start with the last question and then I'll hook back over to the story. So often there you have a branding problem. So that whole canopy with how you want people to perceive you. And if that's different, um, you have a branding problem if how you want people to perceive you and how they actually perceive you are different. And so, you know, Sean, we were talking about, you know, before the podcast, you focusing on customer experience for your company. That customer experience is a part of branding and making sure that, you know, the service that you provide, the products are quality, all of that stuff is going to aid in the long term of your brand because you're making sure that you take care of your clients and customers. Um, however, 
you know, how does that differentiate and how does that relate to the rest of branding? Well, uh, I think that the core of your branding really is the messaging. And that's the story that we invite people into. And when we look at how do we structure a story, we have to use the same timeless principles that filmmakers and people have used for thousands of years in order to create a story. I'm going to oversimplify something called the story brand framework, which is created by a guy named Donald Miller, which basically takes those movie Hollywood themes that they use in pretty much all stories, makes them super simple so that we as business owners and leaders can use them. But at a really high level, you have a a customer who we call the hero of the story. The, The hero encounters a problem and there's different types of problems. There's the external problem, which is the thing that they actually encounter. There's the internal problem, which is how they feel. And there's the philosophical problem, which is uh, how we as a business or an organization, we believe is just physically, philosophically wrong what they're experiencing. So we have a hero who wants something, we've got a problem that gets in their way. And then we help our clients to position themselves as the guide in the story to ultimately help the hero win the day, which is their customers. So we do that by painting a picture of success and failure. So what's at risk if they don't work with them? And how is their life not, you know, is, how is it going to be worse, essentially, if they don't buy their product or service? And then how is their life going to be better? What sort of, you know, aspirational identity are we talking here? Are they going to be a successful business owner? Are they going to have great interior design? Are their friends going to love the way their house looks? Um, all of those are parts of that seven part framework. And I think that your messaging is the foundation to your branding. And then I would say it's probably the look and feel. And then after that, I would probably say that it's the customer service that they actually experience day to day. I like it. Um, No more grilling questions here. (laughs) Um, Just, you know, offline background, um, masterclass, whatever, what kind of, um, you know, a story, if you can say about um, a customer that you, you helped um, could be whatever industry and kind of how they how they thought in the beginning and how you help them through story branding, through caffeine marketing to kind of change their marketing and seeing what the the positive effects or just seeing what the impact was and understanding um, a little bit better who their who your customers customers are. Yeah, some stuff I can't discuss on behalf of my clients. So I'm going to talk about two businesses that I'm a, like, you know, actually a partner in, um, which I think are great examples. One of them is a fly fishing guide business here in the Georgia, North Georgia area. Um, it's called Bowman Fly Fishing. And my partner sent me a text back in August and it was the 5th of August here. So this might be kind of hard to follow, but hang with me. So on the 5th of August, he sent me a text and said, dude, I cannot believe it. He goes, it's only the 5th. And we've already 4X'd what we did the entire month last year. So by the 5th, we had already 4X'd the entire month from the previous year. And that was primarily due to, to three things, I think. One was the shift in his messaging. So no longer is it, we're the best fly fishing guide in Georgia. Um, everybody has to make that claim at some level in order to, for them to feel like they're making it. It's like a subconscious check. But that can't be your only messaging. It can't be the main thing of your messaging. It's almost like a guarantee. Like you should always offer a guarantee, but you can make your guarantee great. But that you just have to, it's like a subconscious tick. So anyway, for them, it was the, you know, we changed our messaging and then we completely redid our website. And then also we added in um, paid advertising and retargeting campaigns. And I think we're spending, actually, I won't, I won't say because the competition wants to know. So I'll just say that we're seeing a great return on investment as far as the, the fly fishing goes. Um, another one is uh, window film. So, you know, 
we got a partnership group that we're a part of. And within within the like the last uh, two weeks, so we've been working with this. We became partners in this company like a month and a half ago. Tweaked some of the messaging, and then also built in all these other systems and processes using uh, part of the StoryBrand framework for our messaging, and then also just our expertise as how to actually create this funnel. So we did that, and we've already seen 100% growth so far since the acquisition. So that's pretty wild. Um, so those are two pretty sweet examples. I like it, and I like how concise you were. You knew exactly what you wanted to go after, and you tackled each section, messaging, website, paid media. How do we get this? How do we get this rolling? So, um, and I liked how you tied it back into messaging, which is kind of, I think, the cornerstone of the foundation of this whole conversation. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of companies, I think that's what they kind of miss is, yeah, let's sell a product, let's do this, but it's like how to, or service, and people, they either pay for it because I mean, that's what's kind of going on in e-commerce right now is the lowest price um, always has, or what's the most easily available. And it's not about, it's less about the experience until you can captivate them um, with anything. So enough about grilling on the stories here. Um, (laughs) More about you. So can you um, dive in a little bit more of when you wake up in the morning or if you're a night owl, depends on how you work. Um, why do you why do you do what you do? Why cafe marketing? Why help the nonprofit? Why why do what you do? Yeah, I think we're all looking to make a difference in this world and money just to make money is not, you know, it gets old eventually. You know, don't get me wrong. I, I, there's a 9/11 that I want right now that I'm holding off on cuz it's not the best investment, but I stuff is just stuff and ultimately that's not going to help us in the long term. So I think for me, as I look at, okay, what do I actually want to do in this life? I think it's a, what matters a hundred years from now. So what is the um, impact that I'm going to have in my family? What's the impact that I'm going to have in my community? Um, how am I going to change these business leaders' lives for the better? And then also for me, faith is really important. So I that is a very settling thing for me. So if I can bring the kingdom of God essentially by loving other people around me into, into my world, I'm going to, that's going to be more fulfilling for me than anything. So I always ask myself the question, what matters a hundred years from now? And that's what keeps me motivated. I like that. I really do. Um, I think that um, there's sense of centeredness and groundness around what you're doing. Um, So what do you do? Like, what do you like to do for fun? What's your hobby? You know, and what do you like to do for health to kind of keep you sane, even though we're uh, right now, as we're as I'm interviewing you on this, we are currently quarantined (laughs) or social distance, practicing social distancing. So, you know, what do you do as for a hobby? Have you picked up any new hobbies or, you know, what do you do health wise that's kind of changed? I'm, I wouldn't say um, insane. I think my friends kind of uh, think I'm a little crazy, but I'm really committed to my health and not necessarily just for health's sake, but mainly so I can get more output out of myself for my company. So I probably only work on my business 
15 hours a week or so. And I'm only able to do that because I take care of my health. And I do that by taking care of my sleep. I've got this thing on my, my wrist right now called a whoop. And it measures the different stages of sleep and how much sleep I get into each phase. So I'm really dialed into how much sleep I'm getting, what kind of nutrition I'm putting in my body, working out, and making sure all of my hormones are the right level. Because when I'm working, I want to give my very best to my work. And I want to do it as efficient, efficiently as possible. I don't want to just work for work's sake. So I'm a little addicted to getting the most and hyper-optimizing uh, my body. So, you know, everything from vegan to hydration. Uh, I'm not like strict vegan, but like my primary food is generally vegan and stuff that I've got like pre-made or whatever. Um, and then I've got, you know, hydration is pretty important. So anyway, all of that stuff is kind of a hobby, <laughs> the performance hacking. But I also, I love trail running. My... That I've not been able to trail run since, which is like hiking and running mixed together. So it's like that. I've not been able to do that because most of the parks around me are closed. <laughs> so I recently picked back up road running. So I had to go buy road running shoes, which I haven't done road running in almost a year. So I had to go do that in cave. Um, also, before this, I was doing Brazilian jiu-jitsu, which is a mixed martial art. And that was a ton of fun. And I found that it was really hard to get stressed out um, or really think about anything for work. It's total escapism because somebody's trying to choke you out for an hour. So, <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, it's great. So that's some other hobbies. And then recently I've been going on walks with my family every day. So that's been cool. I like it, Evan. I mean, you're, 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 you have found foundation in your, in your life and you're making um, – the right choices on putting you first in order to put your clients first. But I really like how you have talked about how caffeine is, as has how it's operating very concise. I mean, that's why our podcast episode is not as long because you, you're very good with what you said and you didn't have to ex like go beat around the bush. You just went straight to the bush and that was, that's great. So um wanted to appreciate you being on, talk about caffeine marketing, talking about the stories with, um, you know, the companies that you're partnered with and just a little bit about yourself. So I do appreciate it. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thanks for having me, Sean. I appreciate it.